Good day, everyone. This is Matt with A Cup of Freedom. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Today is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice in Him. I've got my cup of coffee, my Javalia coffee. It's a bold cup this morning. I hope you're enjoying a cup wherever you are listening from, and thank you for listening, because we celebrate the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. We drink a really good cup of coffee. Thank you so much for being here. We so appreciate it. We're, we're trying to round the corner here and wrap up our series on... Uh, the Battle of the Mind. I hope you've been uh, gaining uh, benefit from it. And I wanted to just share a few thoughts on spiritual warfare today because this is something that's kind of a, can be a hot uh, hot topic uh, thing within Christianity and, and a lot of, a lot of uh, ministries are built on it. A lot of, a lot of uh, different things, books are written, different things are written. And I want to, want to go through there because we've, we've talked about from the beginning uh, the war has been won. The war over sin, the war over spiritual death has been won. Amen? Jesus Christ, through the cross and resurrection, accomplished everything necessary for both the forgiveness of sins, to be set free from sin, and then the resurrection brings us new life. It conquers spiritual death. We no longer have to fear death. We no longer have to fear that because we are eternally alive in Christ. And so spiritual war, the war has been won, but the battle is in the mind. The battle is of the deception. The battle is of the lies. The battle is of anything that sets itself up against the grace and the freedom that's already been provided through the cross and resurrection. And this can also happen to us. So my my opinion is that much is made of this, but spiritual warfare, I think, is, in my honest view, there's far too much paid to the whole idea. Uh, there's very few scriptures, uh, in my opinion, that reference uh, the work of the enemy in the lives of believers. So in other words, I think we give way too much credit to the enemy and not enough credit to what the cross and resurrection accomplished. If the blood is that powerful, if the resurrection was that powerful, then the enemy has been disarmed. The enemy has been defeated. He is a toothless, <laughs> he's a toothless lion because it says in Scripture, yes, he's ro- he's walking around, roaring around like a like a roaring lion, right, looking to steal, kill, and destroy, and all this kind of stuff. But his power is in only in the lie because he can't touch, he can't touch. Uh, so there's a few truths I want to just review there, but ultimately, I think there's a whole lot more that's that's um, been said about it that. We can actually choose to focus on the fact that we already have victory, we already have freedom. And the real battle, again, as we've been talking about through this whole series, is the lie. The battle is with the mind, not your spiritual core, not your identity, not forgiveness, not to try to get more forgiveness, not to try to get anything more from God. That's not the battle. You've already got everything. He's already blessed you with every spiritual blessing. But the enemy can still lie to us. But we give a lot of credit to that. There's a lot of ministries that are built on spiritual warfare when, in factual reality, my opinion is is that we need to focus on what Christ has given to us already. Most Christians don't know what they already have. Most Christians, I would say, maybe would say they are not living in victory and don't have victory over the enemy because... They're, li- they're living defeated lives, and they're, they're, they're living in bondage, as I was for so long. So uh, if we think about just starting off in 1 Peter 5, 8 through 10, it talks about how it says, Be of sober spirit, be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brothers and sisters who are in the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Wow, look at that. 
So it says, "Be of sober spirit." That's that's the sound mindedness. There's a, there's there's a, a, a be on alert, right? See it for what it is. Okay. Yes, he's prowling around, but he's a toothless he's a toothless prowler. He's a toothless lion because he's been he's already been defeated. So what does it say? It tells us there resist him. We have the possibility there of just saying no to any of that. We st- and how do we do it? By standing firm in our faith, by focusing on Jesus. And we can know that these, these, these experiences are the same of suffering being accomplished by brothers and sisters around the world. This is what's happening. This is the commonality of believers all around the world. And then it says, after you suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to eternal glory, will himself, here it is, he's the one who's going to perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I love how that keeps it simple. We, we're alert to it. Okay? He wants to inject those lies. He wants to give us those. He wants us, that's the battle, right? Uh, and if he's successful, then there can be, surely there can be significant impact because we've taken ownership of those lies. Okay, And we're not focused on Christ. We're now living out of the bondage of the lie. And the solution there he recommends in Peter, 1 Peter, is that we stand firm in our faith. We're believing truth. We're thinking on truth. Um and that we also know that there's everyone else, every other believer is experiencing, is having similar circumstances with regards to their faith, with regards to their attack. And it, it says this, this is basically going to pass. It's going to come to an end because Christ is perfecting, confirming, strengthening you. He's, he has graciously provided everything that we need. And so we just say yes to that. So I want, I want us to remember then that in that, uh, yes, he, the enemy is trying to still kill and destroy, but he's been, he's been disarmed. And he can only allow, we, we, as we, if we take ownership of those lies, then yeah, there's bondage that's there. We take ownership over and over, but victory is yours. The enemy is defeated. We need to know that. Uh, and here's the thing, you and your own power are powerless to defeat this. So this is where spiritual warfare talks a lot of times where you got to build up more strength. You got to get more powerful. You got to all this kind of stuff. You got to do you have your armor on today? Got the armor. So it makes it sound like a work, a religiosity thing that we have to do. I got to put on my armor today. I got to get is your armor on today? Is my armor on today? Got And it's like we've already got it. We've already got the armor. Now it's like it's just like what everything we say we've already got freedom. Now stand firm in the freedom. We've already got it. He's, and, and Peter says there so you've got it. Stand firm in it. Stand firm in what you already have. Take a stand. That's putting on the armor. Uh, and so, but but you, but you you and your own strength are powerless to to to, to do this because um, you're you're fighting an unseen, powerful, deceiving enemy. You're you can't possibly win that, right? I mean, remember, this is all the spirit versus flesh. Spirit, Holy Spirit in you versus the flesh. Holy Spirit versus the those are the, that's the only one that can defeat it. And I want to say, uh, <laughs> Satan and 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 all of his minions are powerless when we walk in God's power. It's His power. Hebrews two fourteen, a really great verse. It says, "Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he Jesus might render powerless him Satan, who has the power of death, that is the devil." So there it is. He took on skin, flesh and blood, just like we did, so that he through his death might render him powerless. Do you hear that? The enemy's powerless. We don't know the authority and the power that we have in Christ. We don't We don't truly, I believe, no. As I said last time, sometimes I have to tell guys just, hey, you can say no to this. You've got the Holy Spirit of Christ in you. You can say no. You can resist. 
Because you've got it. It's not about you trying to get stronger. It's ultimately depending upon, resting upon, drawing upon. There it is. Drawing upon the power that you have in Christ. In Christ. And, and lastly, I'll say on this too, is that God has already defeated Satan. It's, he's sovereign over here. Uh, one of my favorite verses, 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he, God, who is in you than he, Satan, who is in the world. Greater is he. Do we believe that? Do I believe that? So oftentimes I hear people just talking about how powerful the enemy is, how powerful Satan is, how powerful, and sure, he is, but is he greater and more powerful than the Holy Spirit of God? No, the cross proved that. The cross showed that. The cross eliminated the power of the enemy. And the only thing he can do now is accuse. He can deceive. He can put that those lying beliefs out there to us. And if we take ownership, sure, there's power in that. But greater is he still in you. Hear me, hear me, brothers and sisters in Christ. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He can't touch you. The enemy can't touch you. And I'm not going to get into spiritual uh, demon possession and all that because that's a hot topic these days too. But the good news is that the enemy is a defeated foe. And since God lives in you, uh, you can walk every moment of the day walking in the Spirit. When you do that, when you choose to do that, you're walking in victory over the enemy. You're walking in victory over those lies. That's, that's good news. That's powerful. That's truth. And we need to know that. So you have nothing to fear from the enemy. A lot of people talk about fearing. You know, It says there in 1 Peter, our, our choice is to resist. To resist. If we're living in that walking by the Spirit relationship with Christ, we have nothing to fear. Uh, and so I think there's a lot that's said there. I'm not going to go through the Ephesians uh, chapter 6 because that's the putting on the armor. But again, he says there that it's basically we need to stand firm. It's talking about standing firm over and over again. Standing firm, standing firm. You're focused on truth. Uh, what happens is when we start talking, and again, I just said this, when we talk, start talking about the armor of God, it's very easy to start making that into a bunch of religious things that we're supposed to do. Now, if you look at the verb there in, in, in that passage, okay, it does sound like there's something that we that we need to do, but it's not a prescription. In other words, it's not like a series of steps. So I got to get up in the morning. I got to put this on. I got to put this on. No, I, I liken it to like uh, like getting dressed for the day. So I have my shirt over here in my closet. So I have it. I already have the shirt, but what do I do? I go over and I put it on. I have it, but now I put it on. <laughs> does, that, does that make sense? So it's it's some. These are not things that we do to get. We don't have to go out and get the helmet of salvation. We don't have to go out and get the the, the sword. We've already got these things. Now we put them on. We we basically put them on. We put on what we already have. So it's it's not that he's trying to prescribe a series of steps in in, in that Ephesians six that we follow. It's ultimately we're standing firm. We're standing firm. The putting on there, which he Paul uses a lot, and in, 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 in he uses it again in, in other place, places in the New Testament, but it's not us working for it. It's not us trying to go out and earn the, or, or try to work for, and, and, and it's it, it, because it becomes religion. It becomes, uh, well, I got to do this. I got to do these steps. I got to go through. I got to go. And, and if I fail, then I've lost something. I don't have the armor. Kind of like we do the same thing with salvation. If I fail in this or if this, uh, then we think we've lost our acceptance or our salvation in Christ. None of that can be 
gained or lost through anything we're doing. It's all by faith. That's why Peter says, stand firm in your faith. That's why in Ephesians, Paul says, stand firm in the faith. So the only thing that's required for for one to be saved is to respond to God's gracious gift, to receive it by faith. Same thing here. Uh, is we put it on because we've already got it. We believe that we've got the full armor of God. We believe that we've got the safety and security from the enemy. He can't touch us. He can't. He can't. The enemy can't touch us. And our our spirit is sealed by the Holy Spirit. The only thing, only weapon that he has against us is the lie. And so, again, Jesus over and over again talks about believe, believe, stand firm in your faith. And Paul's reminder. So that's all that's required for salvation. And so this, this idea of spiritual warfare, what if we just simplified it and said we can, resist the, we can resist that, we can say no to it, we can trust the power and authority that we have in Christ, and we can walk by the Spirit. I mean, Paul and Peter are trying to simplify it for us, and we've made it so... We've made it so complicated and so confusing that these are all the steps and this is all the thing I have to do to put on my, get my battle gear out. And I'm just going to say at some point in time in my Christian walk, I was, I was done with the battle. I was tired from the battle. I was exhausted from the battle. The cross and resurrection won the battle, won the war. And we can claim victory, not in what we're doing or not doing, we can claim victory and freedom in what Christ accomplished. His, his work finished it. As he claimed it did. So for us to put on the armor is to put on what we already have, is to go into our closet and put get our shirt that we already have it. it, it he's urging us to, to put on, not, not about a direct action, but about a walking in the Spirit, which is a choice. We're choosing that. But it's not a religious duty. He's not prescribing some behaviors per se. Well, if you just have your quiet time today, you're putting on your armor. Or if you just go to church this week, or if you just, ha- he, he, it basically he's saying walking by the Spirit simply means I'm trusting in what God's provided. And then I'm acting in consistency with who I already am. And I'm gonna, I can resist this because this, this, this enemy, this toothless lion has no authority in my life. He's urging us to walk by faith, standing firm in the faith. So it's fixing our eyes on Jesus. The more focus you have on the enemy, the more you're going to be thinking about you know, I, I used to coach sports, and I we we yes, we'd have a game plan. We'd we'd watch tape. I'd watch tape and look at the film and come up with a game plan of what the opponents like to do, their their strategies, their strengths, their weaknesses. Sure, we 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 can do that in the same way. But more importantly, I was always focused on my team, what my team was doing. My, my team was good and 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 strong at. And the same way with us, it's it's let's focus on what we have in Jesus. Let's focus on what we have. Sure, we can recognize what the schemes of the enemy are, but let's not spend so much time there. Because putting on the armor ultimately is keeping our minds set on Jesus. It's remembering that we have his truth, we have his life, we have his righteousness. He's the source. That's the best news ever. So we choose to walk by faith. We stand firm in our faith, knowing that salvation is secure, knowing that our life in Christ is secure, knowing that the enemy can't touch us. Nothing can separate us from from God. Uh, the enemy can't harm us. There's there's no. He's a liar. He's a liar. And what's what is the remedy to the lie? It's the truth, and the truth is the gospel of Jesus Christ that lives in you. And so um, it's just it's just. That's so. I wanted to say that from from the first standpoint, and I wanted to also just we got to know that the enemy's defeated. Got to know that. Uh, and but I wanted to say there's another caveat I think to this that that often gets missed with spiritual warfare, because I think I, I've heard so many sermons on it, so many messages, and there's so like I said, so many ministries. But 
Um, but I think much of it's talked about with this kind of Satan and demon type type mentality. And I and I, I, I as I just shared what the truth of that is, we need to know the truth of that that the enemy has been disarmed. His only power is through the lie. But I also think there's another caveat to this that's and I put quotation. I'm putting air quotations here about spiritual warfare because I think a vast, actually vast majority of it is actually unknown because it's more based on legalism or religion versus God's grace. So, in other words, it's remember the first lie the enemy told. He didn't tell he didn't tell Eve to do something necessarily bad. He said, if you eat of this tree, you will be like God. She thought she was doing something good, and they, remember the apple looked good to eat. So it's the chief tactic of the enemy is not necessarily to get us to do bad things, although that can surely be the case. It's to actually get us to try to be good. It's to to get us to try to be religious. It's to get us to try to be spiritual. Uh, he, he, He wants us to be law keepers. He wants us to be legalistic. He wants us to be religious, just like the Pharisees were. If he can do that, the Christian is neutralized because... Because the power of sin is in the law. The power of sin is in religion. First Corinthians talks about this. Romans talks about sin will be, be, be master over a person who's under the law. But guess what? You're not under law, brother and sister in Christ. You're not under legalism. You're not under religion. You're under grace. And so that's the first thing he did, the way he deceived Eve in the garden. One of the main ways he accomplishes this is not so much by trying to get a believer to sin, I think, but remember, it's to not believe God, but to actually do good. If I just become really more spiritual, if I, yes, there there is absolutely the other side of it where if there is a sin that you struggle with, he can he's going to do whatever he can to keep you in that too. But the bottom line is, is that uh, he's trying to get you to, to focus on the sin. He's trying to get you to focus on trying to stop your sin and keeping you from focusing on Christ. That's what he's trying to do. Uh, he doesn't care if you're doing a bunch of good things or doing bad, as long as he can keep you religious and keep you spiritual and keep you trying to do things to earn from God. Because it's about he wants you to get make it about your effort. Well, I had a good day today, or I had this many days without this, or I had this many, or I've I've had my quiet time this many times. I've had this, you know, all those kind. Of, he wants you. He wants you to be focused on legalism. He wants you to be focused on all the earning and the striving and the trying. And because the the, the reality is, is that your effort of trying not to sin is sin. Because it says Scripture talks about whatever is not of faith. So it's ultimately, again, like we said with the first part of this, is that it's ultimately believing God. That's If you want to narrow all this down, the battle of the mind is, is as, as simple as this, believing God. Believing what God's accomplished, believing what God's given to you, believing all that you have in Jesus Christ, that is, that's the battle of the mind. Do we really believe and truly trust and know what we have, the riches of the fullness of Christ in us? Because here's the thing, if you're trying to live a good life, be a good Christian, do a bunch of good things, and avoid sin, that's a, that describes much of my Christian life. Try to be a really good Christian, try to be really spiritual, try to do all these things that I thought where I was supposed to do, and yeah, sure, avoid sin. I really spent a lot of time trying to... That's ultimately living by the law, and it's, it's not living by faith. It's living by legalism. It's living by a set of rituals, rules, obligations, duty, all those kind of things. And Scripture clearly says, whatever is not of faith is sin. I wasn't believing in what I had in Jesus Christ. This, to me, is where the real spiritual warfare goes on. It's not as much in 
the enemy per se. It's, it's, it's in those principalities, those unknown forces that are against the gospel of Jesus Christ, that are against the knowledge of what he's provided through his grace. And a lot of that is in Christianity with regards to being really religious, trying to do a bunch of spiritual disciplines and duties and all this kind of stuff. And so, I, you know, here the question always comes to me, well, Matt, if I've got this victory, well, how do I claim it? <laughs> how do I claim it? It's, it's, and I say, I say it like this. I say it's taking your eyes off of it and putting your eyes on the victory you have in Jesus. That's, that's, he is your only victory. He is your only source of that. How do we claim it? We claim victory in Jesus. We claim freedom in him because we've already got it. We've already got everything we need. Victory is already yours. You're not lacking in this victory. So to me, that's what where the real spiritual um, warfare is, if you want to call it that. I don't use that phrase a lot because the battles, the war has been won. The battle is ultimately in the mind, which is truth versus lies, which is freedom versus bondage, which is God's grace versus religion. All of those things are where the real battle is. And am I supposed to go out and fight the battle? No. We just said stand firm in what? Stand firm in the faith of the gospel. Stand firm in the faith of the good news of Jesus Christ. That's my encouragement to you today. You've already got everything. You, you, Christ can't give you anything more. You've got, you've got his Holy Spirit living in you. You've been fully set free. You're fully victorious. You're complete in Christ. You've got it all. He's renewing your mind to the truth of that. By faith today, choose to accept it. Choose to believe it. Choose to walk in it. This is not a magic pill. Yes, you've been believing these lies for so long, but... This can happen. So don't get caught up in trying to put on your armor. The putting on the armor basically is putting on what you already have. You're not missing the armor. You don't have to go out and get the armor. You've got it. You've got truth in you. Truth's a person. His name is Jesus Christ, and you've already got him living in you. And so I hope that encourages you. I, I think a lot can be a lot more can be said. You've probably read a lot and thought a lot about it, but. Ultimately, as, as John 6.29 says, it's simple, simply be the one who believes in the Son has eternal life. And then in verse 29, he goes on to say, uh, John 6.29, he says, um, Jesus answered, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he has sent. Believe in God. Believe God what he's done. This is all that's all that's required for salvation. And that's ultimately what's required, I guess, if you want to use the word required. But we're invited to simply continue to believe God. Putting on the armor is just that. It's believing Him. It's keeping our minds set on Him. So fix your eyes on Him today. Uh, fix your eyes on, on the truth. Fix your eyes on, on what, is, what is true, what is, what is righteous, all those things. Fix your, and, and, and know that, that we already have, we are more than conquerors. As Romans 8 talks about, we're more than conquerors. Don't, don't buy the lie because it's not true. The enemy is defeated you are alive in Christ with regard to spiritual warfare. The fight is over. And guess what? Jesus has won and he is in you and you are in him. So you are victorious. You've won. You are a winner today in Jesus. Let that set you free today. Walk in that truth today. Believe that today because it is true for you, brother and sister in Christ. So I hope that encourages you. Please reach out to us. If you'd like to pursue one-on-one coaching, we do offer that. Uh, I'll leave my email for that. There's also a couple of resources that we have, uh, and we're excited to kind of wrap up this year. We've got some announcements that we'll make on the next podcast, 
But uh, thank you for joining us in this series. Uh, I hope you really enjoyed it. If you want to catch up on some of the past episodes, we'd appreciate that as well. So as we say here on this podcast, come as you are and find freedom. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.